Welcome back to Avoiding Entropy. I would like to just make a small statement to everyone that may have doubts or doesn't believe me or what have you. I never said that what I'm saying is 100% fact. I believe it to be, yes, but that's one person's opinion. Even if everything I'm saying is 100% a farce. And although I think I've proven and stood behind with actions, with every word that I've said, still, I am my own biggest skeptic. Everything I say is false, hypothetically. How does that really affect your lives in a negative way? If you've taken the steps to make sure that you're safe for a powder outage for three months, if you've taken the steps to be nicer to your fellow human beings, if you've taken the steps to go to see the Akashic Records, learn about astral projection, meditation, calming of your mind, if you've taken the steps to try the solutions I've given, although they are small, to depression, anxiety, and it was all a farce, how would that have affected your life negatively? Never would I say something to potentially hurt someone. And never would I say something that I don't believe is to be true. Now, I know that most of the people listening to this are in fact on the same side as I am and do believe and do trust in everything I'm saying. And because of those people, because of you, I would never ever let you down. I don't know you, you don't know me. I don't think a single one of my friends is following my TikTok or my podcasts. And that's just fine. This is not for them. You see, I wasn't always like this. I wasn't always this person that I am seen as on TikTok because all you listeners just know me from these clips and those videos. I do have a life outside of it and I did have a life outside of it that was much different. Very different. I was a completely different person. Different values, different goals, different morals or lack thereof. I have a lot of karma. Well, not, let's not call it karma. I have a lot of debt to repay because I've caused people pain that didn't deserve it. And I've done things that I probably should not have. And although some of them were justified, some of them were not. And I am not doing this to make retributions for that. I'm doing this because I genuinely believe every word that I say. I grew up going to Catholic school because I kept getting kicked out of public schools in one of the worst neighborhoods in Queens, New York City, because I kept getting into violent encounters. So when I went to Catholic school, I had to learn about religion, obviously Catholicism. I had to, it was one of our courses. So I do know a lot about the scripture, about the Bible, about God, Jesus, Mary, Joseph, and the horse they rode in on, 
and the palms that they were fanned with when Jesus rode into Bethlehem are the same palms that they burn and use for ashes on Ash Wednesday. I know that. But I do not believe that I'm going to see Jesus Christ when I pass from this world. I believe that whatever you believe in is what you're going to see. Because ultimately, the realities that you're making, the perception that you have, will be the reality after you die. And I believe that we are humans because we chose to be. And we continue to do so because we like it so much. I believe that humans are so rare in this universe because of simple things like eating food, enjoying that, enjoying sex, enjoying love, happiness, that ignorant bliss that to us is the bliss of a child and to other species is the bliss of an adult human. They laugh and mock how we are such simple creatures that take pleasure in the smallest things. And right halfway throughout their bellowing laugh, they stop and they wonder, what do I do to take that much joy in something? And then they realize that there's nothing. Because once you've advanced intellectually far enough to where you know everything and you can manifest anything and you've been there and you've done that, you get bored. No matter who you are. God, if there was a Christian, and there is, and there was a Muhammad and a Shiva and a Buddha, Yahweh, the list goes on and on. They get bored too. Boredom and lack of activity is something that's prevalent in this universe, mathematically and logistically speaking. Because everything comes to an end. Even infinity comes to an end because it stops when the person experiencing it gets bored. No matter how rich you are, they say money cannot buy happiness. I understand why they say that. It's probably true. Money cannot buy true happiness, but it could substitute for happiness. And you could learn how to be happy if you had more money. But that would only remedy the situation for this lifetime at maximum. Because every single person that has any wisdom behind them has always said that true happiness lies with being content with what you do have. The greatest philosophers have said that when someone speaks ill of you, you say, I wish they knew my other flaws. It's a good thing that they don't. They would have mentioned those first. Always be humble. And humble does not necessarily mean putting yourself down. And it doesn't mean that you know everything so you keep your mouth shut. Humble means that you are at peace with yourself knowing that there is much left to learn should you choose to learn it. An example would be a language. 
How would you learn a language? As quick as you possibly can. Recent studies have shown that we've been learning languages incorrectly this whole time. Because the quickest way to learn a language is to apply it in your everyday life. If I wanted to learn Spanish and I was a veterinarian, I wouldn't learn words like apple and desk, chair. I would learn animals. If I was a bus driver, I wouldn't learn um, dog and cat. I would learn left, right. So you immerse yourself in something that relates to your life. And if you need to learn something, you have to learn it and you don't like it. What you have to do is make yourself like it. And you will never ever force yourself to like something you don't like, that's impossible. But what you can do is formulate a game. A game in which you apply that, that which you must learn to something that you like. Alan Watts, I believe, said it the best. It is a game. Whenever my parents told me, or my teachers, my guidance counselors, my college professors, my mentors, everyone, my coaches in sports, this isn't a game, Dimitri. This is serious. I would laugh. Because to me, it was always a game, and it still is. But the point of this game is not to win. There's nobody to beat. The point of this game is to play. Play well. Because at the end of it, you're really playing against yourself. So why would you want to beat yourself? Somebody has to be the loser and somebody has to be the winner if that's how we're gonna play it. So instead of going for the victory, just play which is actually what some coaches tell you too. Just go out there and have fun. Because if you're having fun, time flies. And if you're bored, time slows down. Now I say often that time does not exist in the astral realm and indeed it does not. Time and space, which is why they're often put together as time space, are the same thing outside of our linear perception really really difficult concept to wrap our heads around because all we know is linear time just like it's a really difficult concept for some religious people to understand that most of their scriptures are talking about extraterrestrials okay for example let me put it this way say me and uh, me and my wife are the last two people on earth that we know. We have children. Everything went black. Total blackout. No, nothing's working, no electricity. We survive, our children are born into a world of darkness. And one day, a plane shoots across the sky. I see the plane. I know what it is. But my child does not. He asks me, what is that? So I explained to my child that this is how we used to travel and this is how we used to do things and etc, etc. I die. My child lives on with that knowledge. And then one day his child 
asks him about me. And he starts explaining the story of the plane. My child now draws a picture based on my explanation. And so on and so forth. So the game of telephone is at its maximum capacity here. Just like prayer. I think that thousands of years ago, the ancient humans figured out how to communicate with the higher beings. They figured out how to hail them, how to help have them come and help out, which is why extraterrestrials have put marks on this earth remembering certain human beings, much like the head of the Indian, much like the face on Mars, much like the pyramids, because we were able to communicate with them and with each other simultaneously, which is why the, the pyramids of Machu Picchu are almost identical to the ones in Pakistan from the same timeline. But the game of telephone has progressed to the point where now it's go say three Hail Marys and then you're fine. Don't masturbate in class again. It has gotten so skewed, so diluted, and so mangled that prayer is nothing more than repetition of words that you don't even know the meaning of. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art you amongst all women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners now and at the hour of our death. People utter those words billions of times a day. <clears throat> Yet, I'm sure that 85% of them just do it because they know them. They don't actually think about what the words mean. They don't break down the Bible. And when they do, they do it in a literal sense. They don't take into consideration that it was written before anything that we know now existed. And it was written by people going on stories of other people. When Moses parted the Red Sea, he didn't wave a magic wand like Harry Potter and made the sea part. I don't know what it was. Maybe perhaps he did. What I do know is that they've been eating psychedelic mushrooms for a long time. And perhaps some of the things the shaman have seen was an induce, induced state of behavior. When Jesus healed people by the laying of hands, when he or someone took a rose that was wilted and took hands on it and it came back to life somebody wrote in front of their very eyes when the Immaculate Conception happened because Mary was not engaging in sexual contact with the Holy Spirit how do you know what the extraterrestrial sexual contact consists of we now have artificial insemination An extraterrestrial life form could have inseminated Mary very easily without her knowing. In fact, they could have just wiped her memory. 
Did anyone know to tech check the hymen tissue? And if they did, he could have done it intravenously. You see, with all the technology and science we have now, for some reason we are still biased by what the Bible and the scriptures say as if they are not allowed to be modified with or taken into consideration with modern science. And finally, finally, with quantum physics, we're starting to catch up scientifically to what the spirits and the spiritual guides of this planet have been telling us this whole time. The entire country of India is laughing, saying, I told you so, for the past 3,000 years. And we're saying, maybe we should pray. Maybe there is something to this prayer stuff. Of course there is. God or people gather in a church because um, the amount of people with good intentions adds to the wavelength of the earth, adds to the Schumann resonance, adds to the magnitude of the vibrations of the geomagnetical field that is surrounding our earth. And the more of us do it together, the higher the vibrations get. And I think the intention was for all of us to get on the same page, so to speak, so we could all ascend. And those who are left behind will have to ascend, just like we have a higher mortality rate when there's a geomagnetic storm. There's more heart, heart attacks and strokes when there's a solar flare with a CME. That's negative. But there's also a positive side to this, because there has to be. Balance is the key to everything. Nikola Tesla said, if you know the power of 369, you have the key to the universe. The power of 369 is balance. Everything must be balanced. Everything must be balanced. But what we don't understand is that there's rules outside of the ones we know that still follow the rule of balance, but they're just rules that are bigger. So an apple does fall down. A weight is heavy and it will be heavy. But if you spin that weight at 1200 RPMs, the weight now matches the spinning of the earth and it is not as heavy. It counteracts gravity. It still follows the rule of balance. But the rule is now a different circle around the rule of gravity. Because gravity is no longer a law, I don't think. I think it's a rule. In fact, extraterrestrials see it as a measurement, as a specification. This car is 502 horsepower, 336 cubic inches on the engine. And its gravity is XXXXX. It's just a parameter. And if you change the gravitational field around an object and mimic it to the gravitational field around somewhere else, or for example, quantum entanglement, if you change the particles around an object here, and mimic it to the particles that are six billion light years away by the rule and law of quantum physics and quantum entanglement, 
whatever that object is doing here is going to have to stop existing here and start existing there instantaneously which is why the theory of relativity has been disproven which is why there is something faster than the speed of light and that is the speed of thought quantum entanglement is the speed of thought because if you had a mirror image and you blinked the mirror image blinks at the same time as you did not before or after the same time that's faster than the speed of light because you could blink way before you turn the light on but your brain started thinking about blinking way before you blinked so the speed of thought is faster than the speed of light the problem we're having is connecting the two theories relativity and quantum entanglement but I think it's right in front of us. It's in the explanation, in the name. Quantum entanglement is related to balance. Everything must be balanced because if it's not, it will be reciprocated with something else, possibly of a bigger magnitude. So a small adjustment here, if not balanced, could be a giant adjustment somewhere else. Nobody writes the rules because they're already there. If you split an atom, you will get an atomic explosion because that is what needs to be, to be balanced. That is the key. So always remember what you give out is what you get back all is one and one is all there's a reason that that repeats itself because it's two different statements all is one meaning every single human being on this planet is the same person you are me I am you so is John and so is Sue. We look different, but we're not. Whether you like it or you don't. Now there would be somebody else that would have rhymed that. Somebody else that would have laughed. Somebody else that would have scoffed. But we're all the same. All is one. Because if you could find one commonality between two people, you can't say that we're not all one. If we all laugh at something, if we all find the sunrise beautiful, or at one point we did, then we're all one. And one is all of us. Meaning, all of us come together in the end towards one. That is what cannot be doubled. That's what cannot be recreated, cannot be copied, cannot be matched. The fact that all of us our tentacles to a big head of an octopus, spiritually speaking, is what every single extraterrestrial that has come here has tried to replicate and they cannot and they will never be able to. Because essentially, once we were created, 
we were created. The group that created us in the model of God succeeded. They were bored. They were gods who were bored and decided to make something that was bigger than them, greater. They wanted to ensure that whatever they made wouldn't be so easily bored. And here we are, trying to learn with amnesia, trying to figure out how we know the things that we know without having to learn them. How our gut feeling tells us not to throw that little trinket away because we'll need it along the line. And months later, sure enough, it is exactly that trinket that fits a small piece to a puzzle that holds up a giant building. Nikola Tesla invented the time machine. He succeeded. The great earthquake that was caused in his laboratory because he was playing with frequencies and the tuning of a building. And he found the tune to a building and he shook the entire building. He was working on creating a time machine. Because if you could tune the frequency of a previous time, you will stop existing here and you will start existing there. Nine rules, three and six repeat. Time travel is possible. It's been done. That is how we know that it's not linear. That is how this knowledge has come apart. That is how all of the things that we have now so rapidly expanding have been possible because we figured out how to time travel and it was quite the disappointment because we just got on the same carousel ride. So we did the best that we could of it and now we're slowly slowly bringing everyone else on board because most of us are way way deeper than just asleep are way dumber than just ignorance and way more stubborn than just stubborn evil so it seems comes out of boredom as well Evil needs to be around for good to be present is the saying. I don't believe that to be the case. I believe that negativity and positivity are opposites that need balance, but evil and good is something that is a byproduct of those. Just like a weed versus a rose in your garden. Why do you think the weed is bad? Because the rose looks prettier? They're both forms of life. Water does not discriminate between flowers and weeds. Just because you have the right to do so, or you have the power, rather, to do so, doesn't mean that it makes it correct. That is why when you pluck those weeds and you leave that rose and you come back the next day, there's three times as many weeds. Because there must be a balance to everything. Always remember that with every choice you make big or small because you're contributing with every thought you have to the entire human population and the entire civilization that is the human race thank you very much again for being here 
I'll see you soon.